Praise the Lord. Let us pray together. Father, we thank you for another opportunity that you have given unto us to come to your presence and look at the law of liberty. It is our prayer this day that you will speak unto us and reveal your truth even to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you for connecting today. And we bless the Lord for this opportunity that we have to look at this series of studies on the scriptural principles of raising kingdom heirs. If you turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy, and I'll be reading from chapter 6, from verse 6 to 9. Here the Bible says, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine earth, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. As we look at these verses, we want to examine the mind of God concerning the things that he commanded the children of Israel as it relates to raising and educating their children in his word. Now, the word education, which I believe that everyone is familiar with, means to draw out, to educe, so that when we educate a child, it is literally and properly that we draw out what is inherent in the child. Like a gardener who lays the branches and the tendrils out appropriately. You know, the gardener does not create the branches. The branches will grow. But the gardener guides them in the right direction. Giving each branches its proper place. And when there is any component that is not sound, it cuts it away. When there is any component that is unnecessary, the gardener cuts it away. So we can be rest assured that there is something within each child that if we allow it to, it may grow into everything that is good, that is joyful, that is holy, that is beneficial and divine, both now and forever. And the contrary is also true. When there is no proper tending, like the gardener, when there is no proper shaping, it could happen that there will be growth in every direction and there is no beauty in that. So if we want to see the beauty of God in our children, God has given us instructions on how we need to go about this. And according to the word of the Lord, in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4, in Colossians chapter 3 verse 21, as well as God's instructions in many passages, like the one we just read in Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 6 to 9, and others like Psalms chapter 78 verse 5, Proverbs chapter 4 verse 1 to 4, and many more. It is our responsibility as parents to give our children the tending, the upbringing that prepares them for lives pleasing to God. It is the family, not the church school, that is primarily responsible for the biblical and spiritual training of the children. You know, church and church school can only assist and 
or affirm parental training. As a matter of fact, if the church or church school do their work very well, but there is a fault in parental work, it will amount to nothing because it is primarily the responsibility of parents. And in the passage that we just read in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 to 9, there are a couple of things that God has instructed for parents. Yeah, we use the word fathers to teach the children. And if I go to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 again, the Bible says, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Now, so we'll start with the first in thine heart. The second, we look at teach. The third, we look at tell. The fourth, we look at bind. And the fifth, as God permits us, we look at write. Now, these were words that, by the help of the Holy Spirit, I have picked out from the passage that we read in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 to 9. So the Bible says, in thine heart, talking to the parent first, that the word must be in thine own heart. We as parents, that God has placed as representatives, gardeners of God's own, we must have a personal experience first. God intended that his word be in our hearts as parents. What this means is that what we are, we express. You will notice that God did not start with you teaching. But first of all, we must be settled with God ourselves. Because we cannot give what we don't have. So many parents today want to impress from a book, I mean from the Bible, to their children. Bypassing the impact of the word on themselves. May I say sorry? It doesn't happen like that. I once had a group of young kids who said to me that their teachers or their parents don't mean what they are telling them. That they are only doing it because someone asked them to speak with them. Because somebody is going to follow up on them. Are you following now? So it is important that we as teachers, we as parents, that God has given this responsibility, we first possess it. And it is when we possess it that we'll be able to impress it upon the hearts of our young ones. Now we'll go to the second one, but we'll still pick this matter of in thine heart as we go on. Now the second word is teach. And this teach referring to in-home training. Now, once first we have it in our own earth, we can then teach our children. The psalmist puts it right in the book of Psalms, chapter 51, verse 12 and 13, saying, Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a free spirit. He says, Then I will teach transgressors your ways. And sinners will return unto you. You see there? The psalmist here realized that first of all, before he would go and teach, that he must be sure of his own salvation. And this is very, very instructive. That you as a parent must have enjoyed the blessing of salvation first before you can expect to teach. But very importantly, as well, is the fact the aptness to teach stems from a saved soul. So when you see that parents are not teaching their children. You have to ask if they are genuinely born again. Do you know that if a parent is genuinely born again, he or she will strongly desire that the children be born again? Note that I am not 
talking here about mere religion, going to church. I mean, genuinely have the work of grace done in the earth. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11, that knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. So you see, for a genuinely regenerated act, it will go beyond ordinary teaching. It is teaching with persuasion. The scripture says we persuade men and that will begin at home. You can also note the way the teaching here is qualified in our text. It says, thou shalt teach diligently. When I check the meaning of diligently, it says, in a way that shows care and conscientiousness, that is thoroughness, in teaching again and again and over and over. What is implied here is repetition and patience, prudence, much judgment, and much piety in horse as parents. As a school teacher, we diligently and purposefully teach with the aim of seeing that the students get what is taught using different methods. We as parents must do likewise using the best and most effective approach. Multiple approaches might be indicated for emphasis and that is diligence. I pray that the Lord God Almighty will find us diligent in Jesus' name. But that's not all. If you go back to that text, it says, And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. So you see the next word there, talk or tell, in every discussion, in every conversation with them. As parents, it must come to our consciousness that we are not just raising physical beings, but we are also raising spiritual beings. And our conversation must not end at the physical level. We must have the intent of helping them to come to the reality of the spirit man. We are required by God to take advantage of every opportunity of inculcating the commandments and principles of God in our children. And this has baked into it that we spend time with them. And as we do, we talk and tell them about the scriptures. You will see, this duty must be performed at home and abroad. The Bible says, when thou sittest thine in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, you see, Bible instruction and discourse should not be limited to the home. We should create moments, not necessarily spiritual moments, but it could be secular. And we use the opportunity to talk and tell them about the scriptures. Parents, we must create opportunity for teachable moments outside the church or during devotions. We should not just talk about the Bible or God whenever we pick up the Bible or go to church alone. It must be everywhere. That we have the opportunity to do so and if we have the consciousness that we have to do so anywhere we go we seek the opportunity to do so now i'm saying this because a lot of people believers have zoned god to weekends to sunday services and it's only when there is a church service they talk about god god should not take a dedicated part of our lives while that may seem plausible to give god just a part of our lives it is not the desire of god God is involved in every part of our lives. And parents, again, we are well positioned to change this trend of people zoning God and keeping him in a corner of their lives.
We can make sure that we are raising up our children. We make God the center of everything. And this starts when we follow our children to partake in sports or in any non-spiritual activities with the intent that we want to bring spiritual lessons. We want them to be able to connect everything they do back to God. And I will not begin to talk about the need for spiritual or religious education at this time because we have a session for that. However, you can find opportunities to bring in or recall spiritual instructions when you spend time with them outside these settings like church or during devotions. Are you with me now? So similarly, the Bible says it must be done in the night season and in the daytime. When thou liest down and when thou risest up. So this sounds like a more scheduled discourse and teaching. Like as we see in the daily devotion, morning and evening. My question for you as parents is if you do devotions at all. And if you do involve your children in devotions. Now these devotions are structured teaching, discussions, opportunities to engage the children in the scriptures. And when you make it an hardwired part of your life, the children will grow up automatically to do it because it is part of their lives. Now, anything outside that will be a deviation because they are not used to not doing it. The goal there is that you're building a habit. You're making it a part and parcel of their life that they would always connect with God and you must be consistent with it. I pray that God will help us to be consistent in Jesus' name. So every Christian parent should keep a regular devotional schedule with their children. And, and I know that somebody is saying, oh, where do I get the time? May I say that this is not optional. If you don't have the time, you have to pray to God for the grace. Because this is a center matter and a requirement of God for you as a parent. Now, number four, bind. Now, this binding is for remembrance. And here, the Bible says, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes in the families parents will imprint and engrave upon their children the core of faith and train them according to the requirements of the scriptures the bible says in proverbs chapter 3 verse 1 to 3 my son forget not my law but let thine heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Can you see that now? Bind them about thy neck. And it also says, write them upon the tables of thine hearts. Now, this passage I just read applies to every family of God. In the local churches, older believers, the fathers in Christ will impress these things upon the youths. This teaching will only have an effect if it can be seen in the lives of the older believers. May I say, if genuine faith is not seen active in the lives of people, a writing on the wall only makes an artwork or a monument out of divine instructions. Are you following me, please? While it is not bad, because the Holy Spirit can still use it, but I want to say that when genuine faith is not seen in the lives of people, what we hang on the wall is just what it is, a decoration. 
So it is when people are living out the words and it is bound upon the wall that the young people, the children, would see and make connections. Are you following? And when people are living out the word and are being challenged and the children or the young people are challenged by the lives of the people, the Holy Spirit works upon the word they see on the wall, even if they don't read the scriptures, to point them to the scriptures. Are you following now? So what is intended undoubtedly was that parents should give all diligence and use all means to keep God's law always in their remembrance. Now, so if you have not thought first and you just hang on the wall instructions of God, you are not doing well. Because the purpose of the binding upon the walls is for remembrance. As men frequently bind things upon their hands or put something before their eyes so that they will not forget. So it is to prevent forgetfulness of a thing that they much desire to remember. So, while it is not wrong for us to bind, and as a matter of fact, God has instructed us to do so, it is important to emphasize that it must first be shown, lived out, and then it must be taught before we have the advantage of binding, which is remembering. As we come to the last point, which is write. Here the scriptures also say, And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thine house. And on the gates. Now, the spirit of this command also, and what is intended here for writing, undoubtedly is also to prevent forgetfulness. So they could have it for reference. The post of thy house and gates might point as well, in this case, to an open place where the instruction is easily accessible. You know, you don't look for what is on the post or on the gate. You simply raise your head and you look and you see it. Godly instruction and the truth of God's word must be in plain sight and it must not be hidden or hard to assess or hard to read. And parents should make sure that this is so for their children. It should not be that every other thing is easy to assess but their Bible. And this also carries the importance that fathers, parents, must also have access to the scriptures. You will notice that Moses in this passage, entertained no concern that the fathers may not understand it enough to teach their children, such that they will have dedicated teachers to be doing it for them. And that is not the intention of God. Because these words were spoken to parents, fathers. And I don't think we should be talking about the need for our children to have a Bible. The fact is that under the Jewish law, the scripture were put into the hands of all kinds of persons, young and old, male and female, learned and unlearned, priest and the people, with a command to read them and teach them to others so that faith of all might rest on the foundational truths. I don't think we should be talking about the need for our children to have a Bible because it is a must. But more than just having a Bible, once they get it to a suitable age, they should also have access to study materials. You know, there are settings in which the emphasis is on what version of the Bible you carry. That is not what I'm saying here. What is important is that a child can read the Bible, can understand the Bible. And whether it is one version or the other is not the important thing. All you need is to find a trusted version. Today you have what we call the youth Bibles. And even in some cases, you have 
those appropriate for different ages. We must begin to train them to have the scriptures, have it that they can go open it. It is also true that we cannot wait until they get to a certain age before we start asking them to go get a Bible. Can you imagine if a child turns 16 and then that's when we bought the first Bible for the child? So from when they are young, we form the habit of reading the Bible to them. And as they move up, we increase based on their age, the scriptures. Parents, pastors, preachers should be very careful to ensure that what is prioritized is access and the utility of the word and not the form of version that is possessed. I very much believe that anyone who can understand chemistry or biology, physics, history, commerce, accounting or whatsoever, name the course, should be able to read the Bible. Use a reference material related to the scripture to learn more and begin to dig deep into the world of life. So at the age that your children are already taking advanced courses, those courses I just mentioned, they should have not just the Bible, but also a companion to helping them to understand the scriptures. They should form the habit of reading the Bible. And as you buy the textbooks for their academics, I trust that God will help us also to prioritize not just getting them a Bible, but also a study material that would help them to understand, enjoy, and reveal new things about God to them. Because I can tell you that knowing more and understanding more is fulfilling. Getting to the point of aha, especially if you have taught them the rules and regulations from when they were growing up and then they begin to see through the help of the Holy Spirit. In summary, you see, God requires us as parents to give our children knowledge of his scriptures. But first, we must sow it in our hearts. We must express it. We must model it to sow it in their hearts, the seed of scriptural faith and truth, to teach them the elements of Christian doctrine, to inculcate upon them the observance of moral rules, and to get our children accustomed to the precepts and requirements of God, upon which the Holy Spirit will walk through grace, the power of God for their salvation. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for these words. Ancient as they are, but ever true and ever living, relevant to make and mold our children in your image. Our prayer is that you will find us as parents faithful, first to be a partaker of this grace. And while we are rooted in this truth, we will communicate this diligently through every method, everywhere and every time to the heart of our young ones and they will grow to bring glory to your holy name in Jesus' name. Amen.